I, w- I want to welcome you to the show, Graf. You are one of the nicest MCs in the game. You just dropped Thank a brand new album, of course. Stop calling art content, in which you also have a, an artwork in your background, too. I like that. We'll get into that soon. But welcome yeah. to the show, man. How's it going? Chilling, man. I'm good, man. Just, just happy to be present, happy to be creating and pushing this culture forward, man. That's all I want to do. That's right. I remember I had you on one of my radio shows a few years ago up at St. John's University because you you went to St. John's for three years. You were going to be a doctor and then you won some yeah. contests up there as a as a rapper and you decided to pursue a rap career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word of mouth. I was going to school to study physical science, man, to be a doctor. Ended up being <laughs> one of your favorite MCs. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> you you wanted to go to St. John's because this was your only choice because it was local. It wasn't my only choice, but it's the only school I applied for. That's I mean, the only yeah, one you applied for. Okay. Yeah, I just, at that time, I had bought myself a, a new car and I was like, I'm going to drive this car, park on that parking lot and go to that school because I didn't want to go to city school, take public transportation and shit. I was like, nah, you know what I mean? So, um, plus, you know, St. John sounded prestigious and all that. So yeah. My, my GPA you know, was pretty high. That's good. I was this, I was a smart street dude. <laughs> of course and then you apply the skills with the mcs do you feel as though that there was anything that you took away at your time in cause that helped you throughout your career so far um just to just just pursue information and learn and be a sponge and um i, I think I, I learned how to hustle in college keep it honey with you <laughs> all the drug addicts in st john's man <laughs> you made your money there during the the off time of class yeah yeah they helped me with tuition man shout out to the students (laughs) (laughs) oh it sounds like st john's i'll tell you that (laughs) definitely do what did you find did you ever find out i'm I'm, I'm assuming that you did that that dmc went to st john's because this is a bit a rapper school if you look at it j cole went there you went there dmc went there when did you find out that dmc i didn't know i didn't know dmc went there wow I remember natural elements. A butter was in there. Yeah, that's I thought, right. I, I remember hearing those. I remember hearing them around the same time I heard Eminem and Royce, and thinking they was all amazing. I was like, "Oh shit, that's A butter, natural elements." My man Al, a couple of niggas that was rapping went there. Um, yeah, J Cole, like you said, J Cole went there. Um, I don't know who else. You did something unique. You beat out the the rockers that were there at the time, the heavy metal heads, because you didn't think you were going to win the I, talent contest. Hell no. I had a partner back then. He goes, let's do the talent show, man. I was like, nah, there's no way we're going to win in this white-ass school against rock music, doing this hood shit. He's like, I'm telling you, man, we're going to win. We're going to win. I said, all right, fuck it, let's do it. And we beat, the, we beat the top rock band in the school, which is straight hip-hop, bars and shit. You know what I'm saying? So it was at that point, I was like, oh, nah, we, I'm doing something right, because... I was going to be a doctor instead. And then I, then I did my internship in the hospital and f- figured out I don't want to do that shit. I just didn't want to do medicine. Yeah. And uh, I used to go to my internship high as shit. My teacher be mad. Don't ever come to my class of this again. I'm like, like what? I blushed. I read. I'm like this. Or I read online or I heard somewhere. Is it true that you were a germaphobe? You didn't want to be in these hospitals because of the sick people. Yeah, I was, I was fucked up. I was like, I was, I was a germaphobe back then i mean have you been coping during these times with the pandemic now especially being a germaphobe uh well i mean i caught the fucking covid twice i caught it when they first invented i caught it when they first invented that shit and then um i caught it again towards the end um 
and end of the pandemic. So um, the, the new strain, the, the new, the remix. Delta. I call it the remix. The remix. The remix. <laughs> Delta. Or the remix, yeah. So that shit sucks, man. Man. That shit sucks. What was the worst symptom that you had? I didn't get my, didn't have my lungs affected that crazy, thank God. But um, just feeling sick and weak and the fevers. And you just feel like the flu times two. And it, la- it lasted long. My shit lasted like like half, half a month. You know what I'm saying? Probably more than that. So it sucks. Yeah. It but sucks. you've been keeping yourself busy. During the pandemic, I got busy and recreated and recorded the Good Energy album. And right before that, I dropped Oracle 3. And now this, now this go around this year here, I made, like you said, um, stop calling art content with my bro, DJ Shea, RIP to the late great DJ Shea. And it's executive produced by my brother, Benny the Butcher. Wow. Yeah, that's big. Now, what was yeah. the reason for this title that you chose Stop Calling Art Content? I think it was a statement that had to be made. Like when I do this shit, I, I'm, I'm creating art. I don't do content. I feel like content is created by content creators that uh, are trying to stay relevant. They care about views. They care about numbers. They care about maintaining this uh, systematic instant gratification shit. But it's, that's not what I'm doing. I create art. I don't give a fuck about numbers, views, likes, none of that shit. I care about dope art that pushes the culture forward. That's it. That's it. It's just pure art. But it's simple uh, uh, desire to create and get out a piece of myself. I'm a curator and I just want to do cool shit. I don't give a fuck about views, none of that political crap. No. It's not what I'm doing. It's not even for money. I mean, of course you make money off the art, but... I don't sit in the booth, but like, oh, this is gonna sell. I can't wait to record this. I don't go fuck about that. I'm like, this is dope. I'm gonna record this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And you, and you hear it in the music. Yeah. You, you hear it. And, and that's why I appreciate what you do for hip hop. And I remember when you were on my one of my radio shows last time, this was a couple of years ago. And I was just telling you, I can't stand the hip hop that's out here right now. And you were actually working on the Oracle three at that time. And I remember right. you telling me that you're going to these clubs, especially in New York. And it's, they weren't, we weren't even being embraced out here as far as the New York MCs. Nah, they ain't start embracing New York MCs until I think until Trinidad James said that bullshit about, um, I don't even want to say bullshit because he was, he was accurate. Yeah. when he said that uh, he came to New York and I remember I know son. Son is a cool. Son is cool. When I when I met him, I mean, he's cool. He's a cool dude. He's not like I thought he's an asshole. The way he said delivery was fucked up. But his point was, he was in New York, listening to New York radio, and when he wanted to hear some New York shit. Like when I first met him, he was hyped to meet me because he was into New York rap. You know what I'm saying? So come to New York, he turned on the radio. We had the same playlist as Atlanta, and he was like, "What the fuck is this?" And at that time, New York wasn't embracing New York artists. You know what I'm saying? So, um. Um, shit was lost. Yeah. We used to be in the clubs with we, 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 New York artists would be in the clubs with rappers from other cities, and the rappers from other cities would get way more love in New York and in New York clubs and the New York rappers. I used to go to DJs like, what the fuck is you doing? Shout us out too. We over here, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know they in the clubs. So we, 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 we salute them dudes as well, but this is New York. Yeah. Act like it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just glad New York is getting their props again in New York. That's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, we get recognized everywhere, but this city, especially, I gotta give it up for New York and New York, man. I mean, it's, it's only right. Yeah. Let me guess these DJs were at Hot 97 where they claimed that hip hop lives. They were the ones that were shouting out these Atlanta artists and embracing them instead of their own. 
Yeah, I wasn't mad that they were shouting out Atlanta artists. I was mad that they wasn't embracing Racing, us. us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But they started that shit though. I think they they embracing it now. But uh, I mean, the underground rap lane that I'm that I'm in that I push forward doesn't get much airtime. Um, but um, I mean, I don't really give a shit. I do it for the people, and the people connect with the music. I don't even think like the average uh, consumer that's looking for real hip hop. They're not going to the radio for that shit. They on the internet. No. I don't because you turn on Hot 97, it's the same three songs that you hear in the mainstream over and over and over again. And the right. radio industry is still a problem, except for Sirius, because Sirius, you could play anything on satellite that you're still going to get the listeners. Whereas Hot 97 right. and Power 1051, these record labels and executives are pushing the garbage. And we know what we get when we hear yeah, that. I'm, I'm not even going to call it garbage. It's just ter- terrestrial radio caters to mainstream shit. And if you're looking for hip hop, hip hop, Unfortunately, you're not going to really find it on mainstream radio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You should. Even there should be some kind of balance. I can still play the commercial shit, still slip in a couple of, you know what I mean? A little Griselda hair, a little Graf hair, a little, little, you know what I mean? Some of the sauce. I can still slip that in. I mean, people yeah. want to hear this shit. It wouldn't be selling and doing what it's doing if people didn't want to hear it. Is Funk Flex playing your records? Because I remember when you name dropped them in a freestyle, when you're sending the records, he wasn't playing. Is he finally playing that your newer records now? He don't really play my shit, man. But maybe it's me. I don't really ask him to. I just I don't be thinking my radio when I create this shit. Yeah. So it could be me. Maybe he'll play it if I ask him. But I don't I don't look for radio when I make this shit. I just give it directly to the people and whoever find it, find it. A lot of thinking about it, my shit is kind of it's kind of underexposed. You got to be looking for dope shit to find it. It's not like it's everywhere. You know what I'm saying? But I just make it for those who care about dope shit. Mm-hmm. Everything valid except for radio in New York. <laughs> yeah, I'm not but, knocking radio. But, I, I, but, I don't know. I don't, to be honest, I don't even know what the fuck is on the radio. I haven't really been listening or paying attention. My ass to the street. You know what I'm saying? So I don't even know what's on the radio. So don't think I'm not taking no shots at DJs because I'm for the culture. So I support DJs. Even the ones that don't support me. I support DJs, period, because I'm for the culture. Yeah. But I don't know what the fuck going on the radio, and I'm not yeah. really catering to mainstream shit. I'm just making what I want to make at this point. You know what I'm saying? I spent so much of my career lost in the politics of the business and mainstream and DJs and working records and club this and like shit I never wanted to do. Yeah. Shit that takes away from the art. And I'm off of that shit. Now I just make dope shit and give it to the people, and it resonates. And I, that's what I fuck with. Going further into this discussion, I know that you've said multiple times now that you feel relieved that bars are back. Bars are being embraced again because it's been so long where it's just that bars were put to the side as far as mainstream goes, but they're back and they're in season. They are. Real hip hop is totally back in style again, man. And I appreciate it so much. Like, that's why I tip my hat to Griselda, to niggas like Benny and Conway and and Westside Gun because they reminded people where it's at and they just they just helped people find this dope shit. And then it helped create a bigger lane for people like me who do this shit and been doing it. Cause now there's deals there's biz, on the business side of things. The deals are structured for this type of rap. They cater to, um, to bars. Rap. Yeah, yeah they, the deals are structured that way. So it's a totally different animal now when you can make money off your art. You don't got to fucking compromise or work with this person, work with that person. Especially for somebody like me, I'm from the streets. So if I'm not making rap money, you know where it's coming from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, you got to figure that shit out when, you are, when you're an artist of this caliber and from the bottom, from this lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? So 
nobody wants to hustle forever. You, you, be, you be trying to figure that shit out in this crappy ass industry shit. And it's like a, this big hamster wheel full of politics and it sucks, bro. I was not having no fun in the industry career-wise for all those years when I was was, was fucking with the mainstream. It sucked. Yeah, because now you I'm were one black. of the biggest artists next to 50 Cent in the streets when it was first ringing out. You were right there. Yeah, that's a fact. But I didn't get the mainstream support from the uh, powers that be. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they they say they they say we had got black ball back then. So I was again, but I was still I had enough talent and people who cared about the art to the point where I lasted the test of time. I mean, that was over a decade ago. I'm still right here kicking ass. Like I just started. I feel like I just started and I've been in this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're just keeping going. We can't forget that you also wrote All I Have, LL Cool J, and, and J-Lo. We can't forget about that, too. I wrote a bunch of shit. I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote for a lot of your favorite shit I can't really say. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wrote a lot of songs, mm-hmm. R&B, hip-hop, all kind of shit. That Actually, Ghost Ryan was paying my bills for a long time. When my music wasn't, the Ghost Ryan was paying my bills for the last eight years i would say i wrote a lot of shit that you sing in the club sing on the radio you know what i mean a lot and so but you know shh, don't tell nobody <laughs> no that's why we got to praise you as a ghostwriter too because to be able to make those hit records is insane and it's it's so underneath the table that people don't even know but once they do it's going to be major accolades because you got them but it's just that not everyone knows about it the funny thing is that most of those records I wrote, I wrote them in confidence. You'll never know because I signed NDAs and I got paid already. So you'll never know what the fuck I wrote, unfortunately. But I mean, once again, I tell you, I, tell you, I do it. A lot of it I do for the art because there's so many records that I've written that I wrote just, um, I might be inspired by something or hear a particular beat and I write, I'll write a record. I won't even write it for a particular artist. I just write it to be expressive and it should come out a certain kind of way. It'd be dope, but it might not be a record that my fans want from me. So I'd be like, yo, all these records are for sale. I don't give a fuck who buy it. So I just shop them and whoever take it, take it. You know what I'm saying? I write all kind of shit that, that my, my fans don't hear from me. Like, let's say, let's say like uh, it was Nelly's biggest hit or Drake's biggest hit. My fans are not looking for that from me. Let's say I wrote Tootsie Slide per se. I didn't, but let's say I did. Yeah. <laughs> my fans don't want to hear that from me. They're like, what the fuck is Graf doing? You know what I'm saying? But I write all, I write shit like that all day. So I just sell it. You know what I'm saying? This was the big case situation that you could have had years ago, and you didn't want to do that. I didn't want that. No, sir. I didn't want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm hip hop to the bone, man. I'm like, I'm, I really care about the culture, and I'm not trying to water it down. Even some of my fans, right? Some of my core, core fans, all they want is the boom bap underground shit. For me as an MC, I be feeling like it's my job and my duty. To, to just expand my craft and kill every type of beat that's of that is available in hip hop. I don't give a fuck if it was hyphy or drill or fucking trap or, or West Coast shit, R and B shit. Like I be inspired to kill everything. If they invite if they invite if they invent a new genre tomorrow, I'm gonna want to kill that shit. But my fans just want one thing. Boom bap. Me as an artist, I want to kill everything. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I always don't get that way. I kind of be. I understand it because I'm a boom bap head. I anything that's boom bap is just number one to me because that's to me that's real hip hop to me. When I hear a boom bap beat, and we look at the '90s, we look at the '80s. That's what we think of when we think of hip hop. 
and you do, you do that to the fullest with that and just getting mm -hmm. into to the album songs valid to me when i first heard that that sounded like a horrorcore beat and i'm talking the grave diggers and cool keith benny and shay did fact. their thing with that one yeah they did man shout out to benny and dj shay he's a monster with the beast man he was a monster man that, that guy i'm glad i had the honor and opportunity to work with him because every beat he sent me was fire we knocked the album out so fast that everybody sent i was like fire another one I would write it right away because I just it just had me in my bag. So I would just send it back done. And write it, send another one. I send it back done. And we created so many. I was like, you know what? Let me come down. There. They live in Atlanta. So I said, let me fly down in Atlanta and finish the rest of the album with y'all. So I got with him and Benny. And we just finished the rest of the shit together. And it, was, it just came out so organic and, and fire. You know what I'm saying? No reason was tough. A fun fact about you is that you've had Bun B on every project of yours. Every project I ever dropped. Yep. One B is my big bro, man. Making those connections. That's what happens in the industry. Once you go there, you, you form friendships. You you almost, you could have signed a deal with Scarface, but you turned it down. Looking back, would you have gone and signed with Scarface? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't understand the landscape of the business back then. Scarface told me till he said, look, at that time, I was in a huge building war, and these dudes throwing so much money at me. I was young. I was like 19. I didn't understand shit. And he said, he said, look, he said, I can't compete with the money that the majors is offering you. But what I can do is take you on tour with me and break you in all these secondary and tertiary markets all through the South. I didn't know what that meant at 19. So I went with the money. But if I did that, I'd have probably been the biggest rapper in the world by now. <laughs> you get co-signed by Scarface through the South on tour. Huge. What? Well, I didn't understand what that meant back then. I, I was, I didn't, I was stuck in my bubble. I was fresh, fresh out of my hood. I was the hottest person in my hood when it was resonating around the country, but I was just doing it. I was really rapping for like, the, at that time, my perspective was rapping for the niggas on my block. I wasn't thinking about the world. It just sounded worldly, but I was really just talking, saying real life events, but decoded for just talking to the niggas around my way. You know what I'm saying? And those raps. Nas served as a big inspiration yeah, because he rapped about what he saw. And you did the same thing after listening to Illmatic, even though I think It Was Written was way better, but Illmatic is what you're going to do. It was, Illmatic was just my, my what got me started. I heard that and fell in love with rap Yeah. in terms of, in terms of wanting to participate in it. It was written was my one of my favorite joints ever though. That shit. I remember when I first heard it, it was written. I, I thought it was so dope. And I got to the message. I think it was the second song, the message. I pulled over. I was like, hold up. I've had to pull over and focus. Like this thing is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So that made me want to um take rap to another level. But um now was the first rapper that I realized was rapping about shit that was happening outside of the window. I was like, hold on, this nigga's looking outside, rapping about it. So I could do that. That's what I started doing. So my original works with just me talking about what was happening around here what was going on with my friends what we was doing and, and um i didn't understand what it meant to uh take it further than that at that time i was still going to school bro yeah. i was going to be a doctor i wasn't thinking about a record deal it was a dream of mine but i wasn't thinking about it like oh, i'm gonna shop a demo and get on tomorrow i was just it, it was like a it was like a dream that I wasn't really chasing. I was going to school to be a doctor, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit is crazy. That's right. You said that 
you, you well, we know that you're a loyal person already, and that's why you signed with Dame because of your loyalty. And that's do you feel as though that's a great quality, or is it a quality that's meh because it can lead us to into situations that just don't pan out? I think it's a great quality. It, it depends on how you're built and who you ask, because um, most people are only as loyal as their options. I'm loyal to a fault. It is what it is. Like I'm just. I'm, I'm just, I'm, that's how I'm cut. That's the cloth that I'm cut from. And that's what I reciprocate and want back in return from other people. Um, I won't reciprocate it, I should say. Um, I think it's a virtue to be a lawyer, man. You're, you're going to lose the business for it. It's just life. You're going to, it's give and take with, with everything. Like if you read the fucking 40, what's that, the 40 laws of power? Mm-hmm. If you follow it to a T, you'll be successful, but you'll also get grimy slime ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it depends on how you want to be. That shit will teach you to be disloyal and step on people and all that shit. I don't buy by that. I got morals and principles. And for that, you're going to suffer and lose a couple of things. And you got to be good with that. You got to wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and be good with the shit that you're going to lose or not acquire from being loyal, from staying 10 toes down, from doing it the right way, which might be a slower way. You're going to lose some opportunities but you're gonna you're gonna feel valued in in, in the self-worth you retain from keeping it a buck you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i could have made a lot of decisions that i wouldn't have been good with that wouldn't have been loyal that would have been um outside of my character just for the bag and been in a whole different stratosphere a whole different space right now but it's not in my character man that ain't in the cards for me i'm gonna always keep it 100 i'll always be loyal to a fault to a yeah. T, I should say. And that's just how I prefer to keep it. So to me, it's an attribute and a and, and thing of value. Yeah. I respect that because I'm loyal to a fault as well. And it's it's always rare to see someone so loyal in this game because everyone's so cutthroat, especially in New York. Oh, yeah, that's a fact. Everywhere, not even just New York, everywhere. People are concerned about themselves. Like, they just are. If you want somebody to do something for you, a lot of times you got to package it like it's for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just... <laughs> This industry, that's what it is. So, I mean, I learned that the hard way. It is, it is what it is. But the people that I'm friends with in this business are good human beings. They real dudes and they good humans. Niggas like Bun, Royce the Five Nine, Benny the Butcher, Thirty Eight Special. Um, got a couple other rap friends, Jade Kiss. Um, just dudes that I really, I really rock with and resonate with on a real level. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, they real people. They're not nothing fake about those those guys that I connect with. You know what I'm saying? And they also have real music too. That's that adds right. to it. Yeah, I mean that, but that's why it's coming because it's coming from a real place. That's you right. A hundred percent. Drake, Drake has praised you before. He's reached out to you in support. He loved your freestyle over successful. Yeah, that's the homie right there too. Shout out to Drake, man. I, I appreciate him for praising me publicly. There's a lot of rappers. Most of the major ones, they've all praised or, or, or not want to say praise, but they all giving me props or show their respect when they see me in person. But a lot of them won't say it publicly. I don't know why, because I, I'll just be saying shit that I feel anywhere. But um, Drake was one of the very few artists that said it publicly. I appreciate that shit. Hey, when Rose, was the last time that you you were in touch with Drake? Uh, I don't even know. A couple of years ago. I don't go out a whole lot. I be around here doing around here shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like right now I'm on tour, Benny the Butcher. I go where my money's at. You know what I'm saying? So 
My money might not be in the same place as Drake's money. So I go where my money at. We cross paths when he's in New York. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. But we talked about Drake. I don't, and- I, don't, I, don't go, I don't go to the club in New York as much like I used to back in the days. I don't give a fuck about that shit. Yeah. yeah Kanye West was a good friend of yours. Yeah, we still cool. I haven't seen Kanye in a while, but we still good money. Man. Shout out to Kanye. Shout out to Kanye. Lord. He taught you how to count bars. Yeah, man. Nobody knows that story. I forgot. Are we forgetting about that shit? When I first went to Kanye's house to record, I was still in college and shit. And um, we were making a record. But I didn't really know how to count bars. I didn't know how to structure. I, just, I was just dumb nights with bad fucking raps. And I'm recording on the mic, but I was too—I was too—I uh, had too much pride to act like I didn't know what I was doing. I'm recording on the mic. He waved me to spit 16. I probably spit like 50 bars. He would stop the music, like you know, 16 bars is, is back there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just—I'm just giving it a test run, right? And then I, um, when he showed me where what 16 bars stopped at, that's how I, I figured it out. Because I just counted. I figured how to count bars by the way it felt. I was like. Got it. You know what I'm saying? So when he showed me where it's at, I said, okay, that's 16. All right, cool. So the next, my next go around, I cut at 16. He's like, all right, there you go. Yeah, thank you, Mr. West. You know what I'm saying? So he don't even know he taught me how to count bars. It's amazing because you were with him so early on in his career before he really started to pursue rap that he was producing for Jay-Z, H to the Izzo, the Takeover. You were with him during these times and you were pulling up to college radio stations with Kanye and he actually rapped the Gold Digger verse. He did. I actually brought him to K-Slay show the first time he went up there. I brought him to the show to spit some balls. He spit, he spit the gold digger verse on K-Slay show. I think I think it was there. And somewhere else. We, we was on college radio and all kinds of shit together. That was, that's the homie. My Insane. What makes him such a genius when it comes to producing, just being right there in the booth and working with him? He's extremely talented and extremely meticulous, and he has a good, good ear and good sense of taste for, for the music shit. He's really talented though. Like he's, and he's super meticulous. He will add a snare or, or a particular kick drum at the end of a record while it's fading out and nobody won't hear. He'll be so excited about it. You heard that fucking snare that came in at five minutes and one second. I'm like, yo, the record's fading right there. So no, I didn't hear it, but I'm glad you're excited about it. He, he's just, he's super hands-on. Excited and just he's so passionate about his shit. He got some of the dopest records that was never released because they're not perfect to him, but they fire. You know what I'm saying? Like he was playing me shit back then that was fire. Like, nah, I gotta change this shit. I'm like, that shit is fire like that. But he's just he's super like really, really, really meticulous and passionate about his shit. I think that's what makes him so good. And he's just, he's extremely talented. 100 percent and, and you brought it up, just him being so meticulous. You just look at his albums. He's always re-releasing things, changing songs on the album. So that, that's just a, a proven point. Man, man, he would miss one record like 25 times, bro. He makes that shit mad time. Different engineers, different, like he's super meticulous with shit. It's like next level. You'd be like, God damn, it's different. Me, I go off to the feeling. If it feels right to me, then it is right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not as... um calculated with certain but with the bars i am in terms, in terms of the feel of records it got a feel feeling is like the magic you can't quantify that or measure it with no computer that's my opinion if it feels right it's right because you could have everything perfect number wise in the computer and metrics and 
That's why I said numbers is fucking fluff and full of shit because it could be perfect on paper and yeah. feel like nothing feel soulless but on paper it lines up perfectly you know what i'm saying yeah. but awesome shit awesome shit could like line up and be totally irregular and not line up perfectly number wise and logistically and it's not symmetrical and balanced and all this other shit but it might feel wonderful you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go with that one <laughs> i'm going with the feelings that's me i just go with what feels organic what feels right to me you know what i'm saying that's what was most important your life story is That's just, my thing. Yeah. You know your life story is so important to any rapper and, and coming into the game. I've heard about your story with seeing your father kill and it's just it's such a shame just that happened at a young age and he came back in your life and that you were going to be forming this bond with him and then all the way going to St. John's. Have you thought about creating a documentary for yourself? Yeah, I did. Um I haven't created one, but I definitely thought about it. I'm gonna do it one day, to be honest with you. And I'm ready to talk about a bunch of shit. Cause I mean, some some things, there's some pains I deal with that I don't really talk about. But if I do a documentary, I'm gonna put it all in that shit. So when I'm ready, I'm gonna do that. I'm, I'm gonna make it therapeutic for myself. So I'm gonna put it all in that shit. Why not? It's gonna be big. Yeah, pardon me. I don't hide shit. I just don't, I'm not that expressive unless I'm fucking rapping. Yeah. Some shit just don't come on a conversation. Love and hip hop. You were involved with Love and Hip Hop New York. Are you thinking about pursuing any other forms in, in television and film, getting into acting, anything else? Definitely. Yeah. I want to see myself on the big screen when I'm ready to do that, though, because um, it's an art to me. If you're going to act, then you have to be dead ass serious about it as an artist. Some people just take the classes and do art and do and do acting because they just want to be paid and be on TV. I'm doing it. I'm doing it dead ass serious. It is an art. I'm gonna treat it as such. Like when I was taking acting classes, I wasn't walking into class as a graph. I used to go in there, hi, I'm Philip Bernard, and read my scripts and all that shit. Like I was dead ass serious about it. Half the class I didn't even know I was graph. I was like graph. I was on my regular shit, like just a student of the craft trying to learn it. So when I have time to do it, that's what I'm gonna do right now. I'm, I'm too focused on the music and these clothes. You know, it's my clothing line. Well, this is the this is the this is the, the squad merch. That's the right. Squad merch and shit. So we have this. It's just you know, if you want to feel like you're down with the gang, you cop the merch, squad shit. Um, you know what I mean? You cop this. That that's at imgraph.com. Yeah, I was and just gonna ask line, that. Yeah, the clothing really line is um, is like the more upscale. It's upscale upscale streetwear is what I call it. And that's at dope NYC and dope is spelled D X P E N Y C dot com. That's for the upscale shit. And it's just the squash shit, chill shit, still swaggy. You know what I mean? We wearing it, representing it, putting it, putting it down the right way. That's on I am I am grab.com. Fuck with it. Stop calling art content. Are we gonna get some special apparel for this album? Yes, sir, Bob. I'm working on that shit right now. Actually, the website for that. Oh, as a matter of fact, if you go to imgraph.com, you'll see the merch. It's not for sale yet, but it's up. But we're going to release it probably like another week. I wanted to bring your, your artwork up in the background. Who made this? Or oh, the cover? Yeah. Um, One of the um, art directors at uh, BSF. Shout out to Kat. She put it together for, for me. So, um, Yeah. Fire. I'm saying that, that came out the BSF camp. Word. I know you had some work in graffiti back in the day. You were a graffiti mm -hmm. artist. Yeah, that's a fact. 
That's hip hop. That's where the name Graph came from. Graphics, graphic art. I used to, you know what I'm saying? This painting in the back was done by my homie Misha. Shout out to him, M Dot. He's a he's, he's a dope artist in NYC. That was actually the cover for um Painkillers Reloaded. Like That's right. all my all my all the covers for that album were big ass paintings like this. And um they're all art pieces. So I I released that album in the art gallery. You know what I'm saying? That was an art release. You know what I mean? That's why mm -hmm. I said I treat music like art, man. It's no different than a Basquiat painting on a wall. I don't oversaturate the market and make mad music and shit. Nah, you're gonna get it when you get it. When it's cooked and ready to serve, when you're gonna get it. I don't care about content to stay relevant and numbers and I don't give a fuck about that shit, man. I was gonna make dope shit forever. And whenever you get it, you get it. If you find That's it, you find it. If you don't, you don't. I admired your your painkillers album because it, there was an important message to it where you feel as though that you had to state it because all of our minds are numb. You were speaking right. about just when people are dying, you hear about it on the news, you kind of just shrug and you just continue on with your day on social media. That's a fact. We're so conditioned, you don't feel anything. You know what I'm saying? You're so numb that I just wanted you to feel something, anything. Even like back in the days when you take a plane and it lands, everybody would clap. We're grateful that it landed. Now you just expect to live. Nobody claps. Somebody gives a fuck. You just get off. You just expect to live. He's like, all right, I'm cool. Like, I be still clapping. Like, I'm, I, I'm grateful for every moment that is progressive. You know what I'm saying? I feel so, as though society has gotten it. worse since, since just the years have gone by, especially with COVID. You think about the number of people who died in this country from it. The numbers have been going, have been going up even more now, especially. And it's where are the death tolls in the in the moments of silence on the news? You don't see it anymore. They just don't even cover it. I don't even know if, I don't even know if the numbers are accurate, man. Yeah, I, that's why I listen to the nurses in the hospital, the doctors, the friends that I know. That's the real actual depiction of what's going on because they're trying to save lives. And when they the amount of death they really encounter, like my people who are in the medical field, um, I feel for them because I'm like I need therapy. They seeing death as if they like. Uh, as equivalent to a soldier in war. You talk, you're talking to somebody one second, you later on come back, they're dead. That shit happening every day in their lives. They they numb to death. When you get to that point, you're numb to death. You need, psych, you need psychiatry. Like, that's how I feel. I'm like, I'm not numb to death, but I haven't seen it so much close up that I'm like, yeah, I got some issues, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Word. Insane. Shit crazy. I've heard the Buster Rhyme stories as well. I read online that you guys had an altercation when you first met because this ended up becoming a friendship and he, he, he admired your work and he called your mother. Yeah, when I first met him, he called my mom. I was like, yo, what are you feeding this boy? He's been fired. So I was yeah. still in college and shit. But um, now nah, we had like a little fight and all that. Um, but we cool now. We cool. That shit, that shit has made us respect each other more because I was young and I wasn't, I, 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 I always had a lot of heart. I don't back down for shit. And um, um, yeah, that's how that went. It went left, and then I that made everything go right. So we cool. Shout out to Buster. Yeah, legends. Have you had the opportunity to have a conversation with Nas at all throughout your career? Being he was the main influence. Yeah, I did. I mean, when I seen him not too long ago, and he said, "I'm watching you. I'm watching you." He was naming shit that I had out. I was like, "You listen, you're my shit." I was blown away. I should made my week. I was like, oh shit, nah, I was listening to my shit. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so yeah, I was thoroughly like, I should made my whole week. I was like, oh, that's crazy. 
definitely with motivation. Definitely with motivation to go hard. That's huge. There's got to be a Nas Graph collaboration in the future. There has to be. Because yeah, we you were on a Beyonce record. You were on a Beyonce record. That was a remix for me, myself, and I. So it went through. That shit was A1. That's fire. It, it, ain't, it ain't go to radio super hard body, but it got it got some radio and all that shit. It didn't even have a video, but yeah, I'm on the real Beyonce remix, me, myself, and I. On her shit. You buy her vinyl in the store right now, flip that motherfucker right there. That's her. big. It, it, yeah. It, I would say that's one of your achievements that you're proud of in your throughout your career so far. But what is the major achievement you think so far, if that isn't it? Um, no, nah, that's a dope one. I mean, for me, the major achievement is just the fact, the level of respect that I get from my peers and from the fans. And um, I feel like uh, that level of respect and appreciation is like worldwide. I feel like there's no on any continent I walk on, I can find at least one person that fucks with my shit and respects it. And that's one of my greatest accomplishments. Like I've touched the world in my own way. You know what I'm saying? Like I haven't traveled the entire world yet. I've been a shitload of places and I don't think there's one continent I can go to where it's not a fan. I'd be like, I oh, fuck with your shit heavy. I respect it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's one of my greatest accomplishments. I know you love the UK because they come up to you. They love your music. You're like basically one of the most popping artists out there. And it's all because of bars too, because of the UK, they love the bars out there. It's on the street shit. They've been fucking with the, um, they appreciate the lyrics on street shit. I, I, I appreciate them for that. They into the culture. You know what I'm saying? The UK, now they know, they know, they know hip hop. That's a big fact. I wish the people out here were more invested in it more, and more so not your age group and even some people my age group, but the, the youth, because I, I'm afraid for what they're listening to because they're so influenced by TikTok and what's on social media that they're not going to know what the true message is of hip hop. And it's artists like you that they need to be tuned well, into. It's all, it's, it's all good. Every generation got their own influence, man. They, they growing up with something different. That shit is cool. I ain't tripping. It's just like the generation before. Every, every generation grows up and influenced by what they influenced by. That's how this, the, the progression of things are gonna go forever. I ain't tripping. They got you got kids in that generation that do care about the hip hop, hip hop. You got some kids that don't really know about it. It's gonna be like that forever in any in every genre. So I ain't tripping. If you catch on, you catch on. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. But there's some young look, look at like niggas like Corday. Son can rap. I fuck with Corday. Corday you know is tough. Saying? Yeah. Some people care. Some people don't. Yeah. It's the culture so split, but. We still have real hip hop heads out here like you that keep putting it down with lyrics and you're a lyricist out here. But Graf, did you have an upcoming tour for this new album that you have? Uh, I know you're on the tour of Benny right now, but are you going to be putting a tour together for your own album here? Um, I'm probably going to, but right now I'm just on this Benny the Butcher tour, killing the killing stage. Because remember, he, he, the album came out to BSF, so it made sense to be on the tour with him and promote it that way. Cause, you know what I mean? So... Uh, and this talk goes off about another month. So we just gonna rock this shit out and keep rocking, man. I catch me in a city near you. I'll be at uh I'll be in San Diego uh tomorrow. And then we doing Pomona, California, then Phoenix. And I got a show in Connecticut that's outside the tour. Then I go back to Denver, Colorado, then we at Austin, then Fort Worth, Texas. So wherever you at. Pull up, pop out, fuck with your boy. 
podcast. That's right. Yeah. If you're listening right now and you're tuned in, you make sure that you check the the schedules out there to where Graf is performing in Connecticut. Because I live in Connecticut, actually. Is this going to be at Toad's place? Um, where are you from? But just just uh, check my page. I'm gonna post it in a day or two. Um, that is on the 13th. 13th. Pull up. Pull up. Pull up. Pull up. That's fire. Raph, man, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It was great to, to catch up with you after a few years of being on my show at St. John's, man. You're always welcome, and I'm looking forward to yeah. everything you got coming through and keep keep doing great things for hip-hop and keeping these lyrics alive because I believe that eventually there's going to be someone that gets in these buildings and turns the, t- turns the wave here for what's being played eventually. Nah, I, I appreciate you, bro. I'm, I don't, I don't want no major deal. I'm cool with the indie shit. I think I'm going to make more... The rap lane, you make more money this way than the majors. The way the deals are structured, you're gonna make more money right here independent. So I'm cool with it. Word. Fire. All right, Graf, I wanna thank you again, man. I appreciate that. Enjoy the rest of your night. And I'm looking forward to the upcoming performances and the music that you release, man. I appreciate it. No doubt, bro. Be safe, man. Appreciate you. You too, man. All right.